Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Saturday, June 19th, 2021. It is 2.43 UTC as we're starting to record. I am Sam Minter, and Yvonne Bo is back with us again. Hello, Yvonne. Hello! Hello! So, uh, we, you know, we, we were talking before the show about the agenda and we couldn't figure out anything. So we're, yeah, look, there are a bunch of stuff that, that a bunch of stuff. There, there, there were a bunch of things that happened last week. We acknowledge that, you know, but they all seemed like things that were relatively small and, or we've talked about them before. You know, and so if we've talked about them before, we're going to say, I mean, let's, you know, let's talk about Mansion and the filibuster and all that kind of stuff. How many times have we talked about that? You know, and, right. I and mean, so, it's just like, we weren't very excited about, you know, the, the different things. Yeah. I mean, like, I, 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 you know, I feel passionate about like the whole stuff about the filibuster and, you know, whether the Democrats are going too fast or too slow or whatever, but we've talked about it a lot. Anyway, we're first going to do our little intro segment where we just chat about whatever for a little bit, and then we'll alternate. You know, you know we'll do a lightning round, uh, as we used to call it, and we'll try to actually be... <laughs> lightning-y. 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 So instead of the uh, two or three big segments, we're going to do a bunch of little stuff, and like every four or something, we'll take a break, and we'll go until we feel like we're done. Right. Uh, so that's the plan. So, but... But first, Yvonne, our little intro segment. We, I mean, we could alternate on these too. But like, we let's be more free form. And, and anything interesting from this week, like on a non-newsy basis? Well, you know, I've talked about over the years about me not breaking phones. Mm-hmm. Well, you broke a phone. I broke a phone, and and I, I didn't just break. The, look, listen, what I did to, to break the phone was. Was it was it, it, it was spectacular in a certain way. I look. I, I just don't understand how it just very quickly happened. But look, I was just sitting on the couch and uh, the phone was ringing, and I I think it was uh, uh, the gate. Okay, I need to let him in through the gate. Uh, I think they were delivering food. Okay. 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 So I'm reaching for the phone. And um, I I reached for the phone, and I and I went and I I don't understand how I did this motion that I moved so quickly that I basically the phone just slipped out of my hand and was basically launched all the way across the room. Uh huh. And I mean in a very forceful way, and it slammed into the marble floor. Yep. 
And I cracked, well, this is an iPhone 12 Pro, and so now they've got a glass back on it. I completely shattered the, the, the glass back, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, shattered it bad enough that I just really didn't feel comfortable just, you know, just going around with that. Now, just to be clear, Ivan is also a no-case person, right? Correct. Like, th- this is not, you know, like, I live and die by cases my my phone is never without a case from the moment it comes out of its own box you know even before like i do the setup on the phone it's in a case right right um but yvonne has always been like cases are stupid i've never broken a case i don't need a case well let's just say this that i had first already this iphone 12 pro because of this however this shape of this glass this glass back is well i had first dropped it from a from a small distance and it had cracked okay a little bit, not noticeable. Okay, I did mention this a few months back, but now I completely destroyed the back of it. And look, I went to Apple, and well, here's the other thing about this that mm-hmm. I, I was pissed off about this today. Uh I I go and I ask, I take it in, and, and the charge for like I remember for a cracked screen is like thirty dollars or something, if I remember. If you with Apple Care Plus, well, I go and I'm like, okay, so what's What's the charge uh, for for the back? It's $99. And I'm Mm. like, wait, what? And they explained to me, well, the thing is... And that's even with AppleCare Plus. Yes. And I'm like, but wait, wait. And I'm like, wait, wait. The front is $29. The back is $100. What the hell? I'm like, it's the back. Because, like, all the components are attached to it or something. Yeah. Basically. And I'm like, look, ever since I saw they went back to this glass thing, I got to say something. Almost all the design decisions Apple's made over the years, I'm pretty cool with. This stupid glass back again is just dumb. They need to get rid of this damn thing. Um, All I've seen over the years with all the phones they ever made with these glass backs is they're all shattered. And, you know, I managed to shatter one, uh, you know, pretty badly. I'm going to say this, that because I've already broken this phone twice... Inside six months, I did actually go and buy a clear case. Ah, you got a case. Yeah. So for the first time, I don't know. The first time in, I got to say it's, man, I got to say since I had some damn Motorola phone back in like 2003, I got, I, that's the first time I've gotten a case for a phone in 18 years. Okay, but I but I'm like, look, I, I just don't feel comfortable with this this damn phone staying to you know. So is it taking you a while to get used to having the case on the thing? It does feel really weird. It does feel really weird. It does make the fe- phone feel so much. Now, bulkier. now, did you get a relatively thin case, or did you get one that's yes. kind of protected? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a, I got, I I've got one of these cases that is like. Relatively thin, uh, but that's also uh, clear. Okay. So I, I mean, I, I mean, I bought a phone in a color. I mean, the whole point is for the, the color, you know. And so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. I kind of felt like if I put a, you know, I don't understand these cases where you buy a phone. Oh well, I bought the red phone, and then you wrap it in a black case. Well, I'm like, well, I mean, what the hell is the point of that? 
Well, also all the colors cost the same, so it doesn't really matter. If you're going to put it in a case, you just pick whichever color is available and then you put it in a case you like. Exactly. I mean, that's that would be, you know, like whatever. But I, I, I bought a blue phone because I wanted a blue phone, not to wrap it in something. So, so this case is a clear case, and so therefore you can see it's still a blue phone. I mean, the case has no, no, no color. So, okay. But, but I, I, but I, but man, I mean, I'm telling you, I flung that thing. I mean, it had to f- travel like at least ten feet in the air. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I just don't understand how the hell. And you have hard stone floors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, honestly, I can't imagine how you haven't broken them before, you know, and it's just because, you know, I'm clumsy and maybe you're not, but, but like, you know, I drop my phone on the floor multiple times a day, every day, you know, practically not quite, but you know, it's not an uncommon occurrence. Um, you know, and so if, and most of my floor here is like carpeted or whatever. So whatever, like, but you know, if, if I had a stone floor, there's no way my phone would survive, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I know. I, I get what you're saying. I, I, you know, look, I I gotta get, listen, it's like, give credit to Manu. Manu has also been pretty good about not breaking like any of his stuff. I mean, his iPad, like he broke one iPad, um, well, it, it, you know, I mean, because another one, it, it, I, I can't count mom's iPad when he was very little by accident. Mm-hmm. We left him with a, uh, with a babysitter and, you know, they said, well, he could play with the iPad and the iPad she found was mom's. Ah, well, she didn't realize that that iPad didn't have a case. And so Manu was used to his with his case, and he accidentally dropped it and shattered the screen. But, I mean, like, you know, he wasn't used to that iPad. He never used it. Then all of a sudden he just accidentally dropped it. But, but you know, his other iPad, the one that, you know, he's right now on his second iPad. I mean, he's had one since, I guess, uh, wow, he was uh, two. So that's like seven years. So So he broke one. Okay, mm-hmm. that it really broke. Um, he was very upset about that. Like he was really, really upset. He actually, I don't know, call it tell you this, but he tried to fix it by putting a band aid on it. I believe you mentioned that on the show, actually. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He did. He did go and like try to fix it and put a band aid on, it, and he was very upset. Well, we went to the Apple Store and we got it fixed. Um, and he promised that he wouldn't do that again. And he's been, he's, he has been. I will say that ever since that happened, he's been far more uh, careful with it. And as a matter of fact, I have my iPad Pro that is around there that doesn't have a case. And he will grab it all the time right now. And he has never dropped that one. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Alex's iPad is visibly bent (laughs) from the way he uses it. Uh, We haven't taken it in to be, you know replaced under Apple Care yet because it's still fully functional, but it is visibly bent. And um, for those of you, I, I, did I share this on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack? I think, I, I, I don't remember if I shared it on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack or anywhere else, but I have a picture that I took one time where Alex was, oh no, this wasn't his iPad. Sorry, switching from his iPad. This was the keyboard of his computer. Okay. I have a picture of the keyboard embedded into our wall 
because he got upset and threw it at the wall so hard that it embedded itself more than an inch into the wall. Oh, I don't know. Manu has not done that. But it's a lot more. You know, I, I was today, I was worried that uh, his laptop, he had been moving it around. He dropped it. And actually, my, my wife left it. On, I was, I was out of the house yesterday all day mm-hmm. and so i i got to my desk this morning at, at, at the, the in my house and i see his laptop there and it says hey mouse doesn't work with a note because she wasn't here she was out on some appointments and i'm like mouse doesn't work okay and i tried to click on the mouse and it's a macbook and it wouldn't cl- it wouldn't push and i'm like what the hell well i don't know it's actually apparently it's some kind of software thing or whatever. I, I thought physically, man, did this fail? But I went online and I read, I'm like, oh, if this happens, just restart the computer. And I'm like, okay. And I restarted it and it was working perfectly fine afterwards. So, okay. So he, I thought he could have, I, so I was, I was for a second, man, he broke the laptop. I'm going to fucking kill him. <laughs> and, but that was my first thought, but nope, he did. False alarm. Just uh, just a bug. Well, good. Good, good, good. So there you go. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, so I'm thinking, of, do I have anything else but firsty in mind? From my side. I have something. Yes. I'm thirsty. Because <sighs> he said, but thirsty. Right. <sighs> anyway, I, you know, I, 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 anything else I have can go in the lightning round. Okay. All right. I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't have anything that like some exciting thing that happened this week that I want to mention. Well, here's one. I, I, and because okay. it's a, it's a short story and I'm not sure it was actually this week. It might've been two weeks ago, but it's just sort of, you know, sad. Um, the, uh, I was, I was in the kitchen like making tea or something during the workday. And I look out the back window and I see a crow uh-huh. in one of the trees in our backyard. Yeah, I remember this. And then I realize I'm like, what's that blue thing it's got in its mouth? Oh boy. And, and then I realize it's got a Robin's egg in its mouth and there's a Robin dive bombing it trying to protect the egg. Uh, so it must have just raided the robin's nest and was taking okay. an egg out. Um, and the robin was, like, trying its best to harass this crow and make it, you know, put that... Drop the back. egg. Well, I don't know if dropping it would have been the right thing either, right? It, but um, the the robin was, you know, a, a, a attempted for, like, you know, 30 seconds or whatever, and then the crow's like, whatever, and flew away with the egg. Oh. Well, that's oh fuck. What sucks? Yeah. Well, I I still listen. I, I still, birds are very defensive of, but I. Are you sure he didn't chase him down? Because they don't give up that easily. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I saw the bird, the the robin, just sort of hanging out in a tree, looking depressed. Later, so I I don't know. I mean, maybe it could have chased it, but what was it going to do? How was it going to get it back anyway? You know. And, and and look, I mean, frank, frankly, the thing the thing is too. You got to remember on these things, you know, the crows got to eat too. I don't know. No, I get that. 
Well, but I went and I'm like, you know, is there anything else the crocody better than eggs? But anyway, but aside from, from that, I still remember this one time when I had my dog, like, back about 15 years ago, that um, I, he found a little chick, okay, on the grass. There was a little, there was a little bird, you know, chick just on, on the floor. And him being a hunting dog, because the, the, the type of dog, he went to grab it. And I saw that he grabbed it in the mouth, and I'm like, no, 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 let it go, let it go, let it go. So I, I opened the mouth to, to let it go and let go of the, 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 the little baby bird. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, dude, this bird, I can't remember what kind of birds. Mama bird started hitting me hard on the head. <laughs> it attacked me. And you're like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to protect it. <laughs> yeah. So I had to run, with, and, and this bird kept attacking me. I had to run to my door to, you know, and like swap the swap the bird away until the, the, it let me out of, you know, stopped hitting me on the head. Because that's that's where it attacked me first. It went like straight from my head. Yeah, no, I I I, I understand that. Um They're very protective. No, they are. And and, and look, I still I, I felt I felt bad for like the next few hours, you know. I'm like that uh, poor bird lost its egg and you know, uh and, and it you know, it look they have they can they can make several clutches per season or whatever and and apparently the survival rate is not great uh and that's just the way it works, but it's still like, you know, ah, uh, and you're right, like the crow, you, the crow could eat something else. But, you know, that's what was available. Like you its know? own eggs. I mean, like, th- there was this other thing, like, for example, I, I, I mean, I still remember, um... Probably not, but... You know, with, uh, other animals, I mean, I, I see, like, uh, families of ducks, right? <laughs> you know, we, we oh, talk have about... You, have, have you seen the viral video that's been going around lately of the, the mama duck going over the grate? No, 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 no. Okay, uh, I, I will have to share this when I find it again. Um, but the basic description is this: there's this mother duck that's going across a parking lot, okay? And there's one of these drainage grates. Mm-hmm. And the mother duck walks over the uh, drainage, it walks over the gate, the drainage gate, whatever it's Great. called. Grate, there you go. It, the mother duck walks over the grate and... All of the baby ducks get across, except the last one. Falls in. Oh, boy. Okay. The mother duck mother duck walks another, like, couple meters, and then realizes it's missing one. Oh, boy. Turns around, goes back to investigate the grate, and is on the grate, looking down, trying to figure out what happened to the baby that fell in. All the other babies follow, and fall in the grate, too. Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and then the video does like does a cut in the video and then they show some person like fishing them all out of the grate and giving them back to the mom so it all worked out well in the oh end. god okay <laughs> all right but uh, but well, yeah okay okay, okay um, sorry what were you going to say about the mother ducks well, well no the the thing is that i uh you know, we talk about in mother Na- you know in nature right that there are certain animals that are pretty uh at birth are pretty independent um you know we keep talking about smarts and intelligence and family units and whatnot but i always find it so surprising how the ducks because the little 
ducks are always just there bored, and you see this little family of ducks just following Mama around in like this nice little single file order. It's so orderly. It's like such so that I find that from nature just so amazing. That they're just, you know. All right, we gotta follow Mama in a row. Okay, all right. This is what <laughs> this is how this works. Yeah, it, admittedly, the, the, those little, you know, whenever you see the duck and the little ducklings crossing, it it it, it it's cute. It it there's yeah, no it way is super cute. Like, I you, love it. The, uh, you know, I just not, saw it not, this week. Just a couple of days ago. Yeah, not that long ago. I mean, I had to pause in the road when there was a bunch of them crossing the street. You know, it, it, it it's it's great. It's great. I, I, yeah, yeah, I like yes, yes. I, I like watching the family of ducks going. Like in a single file, I I, I do. I, I if I see them in the road, I do exactly like you. Pause, stop. Oh, let's make sure they get a cross vine. It's not you know. Okay, sure they're safe. Well, I think with that, it's enough of butt first. No, there isn't. Why not? There um two more butt first things, three more butt first things. They're all related to tea. To tea? Yes. Okay. So. Take it quick. So the first thing is that um, time with milk, which you definitely remember. Remember. Wait, you're wanting me to tell a story? Yes, yes, yes. The time <sighs> with milk, and then the time I made tea. I was making the tea for you. Uh-huh. Um, and then earlier today with the tea. Okay, so these will be really fast. Uh two of the three incidents that Alex is referring to are cases where I made myself tea, I added milk to the tea, I started to drink the tea, and then realized the milk was bad. No, that's not quite what happened. So the first time, you realized the milk was bad, and you're like, but the date was, but the date was today. Yeah, or even yes, yeah. And then... Or not yesterday. It, <laughs> it had not expired yet, was the point. And then you're like... Okay. Then once you had it, you're like, Alex is right. Don't do stuff on the day it expires. There's a mom. And you're like, yes! And, uh, yeah, you're dull. Like, bad. And then... Earlier today... He was drinking his tea happily, and I came downstairs. And I was like, uh, also your tea looks weird. The milk in your tea looks weird. Yeah. And he was like, huh? And I was like, look, it's all squatching. He was like, oh. Okay. At, that, at least the, the second time. Right after the the first the first time it was bad enough that the first time I took a sip I was like gagging and spitting it out and I was like oh my god what did I just drink? Um, the, the second time like I I drunk half the cup of tea already before he pointed this out and it was sort of like okay it, it was like on the edge I guess so. The other story about. Than me making tea. Oh, and he's decided he decided that he didn't want me to own tea, so he he's pre-made a bunch of tea, stuck it into a refrigerator for me to microwave it when I need it. Also, I'm are you out of that tea now? Uh there's a little bit left. Right. Also, it's your job to refill it. Oh. 
Okay, anyway, it is time to end this but first segment. We will be back with a regular lightning round of miscellaneous other topics picked by whatever Yvonne and I want after this exciting uh, message that is, once again... Me! That's right. Back after this. Do, do, do. AlexMZWeb.com, Bang Alex and Dad, gaming videos and more from Alex, elementary school by day, YouTube by night, AlexMZWeb.com. AlexMZWeb is A-L-E-X-M-X-E-L-A, and dot com is period, and then C-O-M. Okay, we are back, and it's time for a proper, proper lightning round. So, lightning! So light and no. bright, and apparently loud. So, Yvonne, why don't you start? Yvonne, why don't you start? Okay. Um, yeah, because I don't want to, because then I'd have to pick and, you know. So let me, let me, okay, hang on, hang on, let me think about this. Which one? And I went through all of this stuff. So, um, ah, which one do we want to do first? Let's talk about Bye Bye BB. <laughs> bye Bye BB. Look, it finally, for real, happened. Yeah. He's no longer prime minister for the first time in forever. It seemed like this was never going to happen. I mean, for 12 years. Uh, exactly. It seemed like it was never going to happen. We heard another election and we were like, well, he didn't get a majority. And we're like, yeah, 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 whatever. You know, let's, you know, the, 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 the other guys are going to make a coalition. Let's see what happens. And they actually did. And, and, and you know, like we talked about a few weeks ago, it's a really weird coalition. It's got the oh, left, yeah. it's got the right, it's got the center, it's right, even right got an... Center! It's got the left, it's got the right, it's got the center, it's even got an Arab party. Yep. It, 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 it's 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 so. And, you know, I, I, I've got to think there's no way it's going to last too long. But it's still, it's like, the only thing these people had in common was they wanted to get rid of Bibi. That's it. That's basically it, and and they and and that's the thing that they did something that I think we um we talked about um how sometimes coalitions of that nature are needed um in order to uh, get rid of somebody. Uh, I mean, think about Trump himself. I mean, I think that probably even still, you know, a lot of the people that voted for Joe Biden weren't exactly gung-ho for Joe Biden, but they those people, a lot of people knew that's, that was the right thing to do. And I think that that was basically what happened with BB. Everybody was just like, we just need to get rid of him. He needs to be gone. Right. Th this can't keep going on like this. Okay? We can't go to another fucking election. We just can't. Okay? And so, um, you know, and there was a write-up that I that I uh, that I was reading about uh, BB's tenure uh, recently, um, and one of the things about his tenure um, is that Israel, under his tenure, 
had a lot of economic development and growth and a whole bunch of positive things that could be attributed to Bibi, and which is what made him popular for a long time. The problem is that it's one of the things where you get all those positives with so much baggage at the same time that at some point he made it that the baggage was just impossible to carry. Right. He, he just did. And that's why you had, you know, all of these, um, you know, elections, one after the other, that just were inconclusive. Because he just, between the corruption scandals, between him antagonizing allies, between, you had the the entire issue with how he'd been approaching Palestine uh, during his tenure. Um, I think one of the relevant things that I saw to to bring up about this is that, you know, you, there was an election in Israel that got rid of Bibi. Uh, but one of the things, you know, people had brought up is that there there hasn't been an election in Palestine in like 17 years because whoever the hell is in charge, I can't remember right now what's what's his name, you know, basically a suspended election. Abbas or whatever, Abbas, right? Yeah, Abbas. He's had the election suspended right now for about 14 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, not exactly very democratic either. Uh, <laughs> no, no. You know, well, you know. and, 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 you know, the, the excuses are always about, like, you know, the, the, the environment is not safe and ready and blah, 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 and, you know, Hamas over here and, you know, blah, blah, you know, there are reasons, but... Uh, I think the excuses are b- bullshit. I mean, I, you know, you, you, I mean, you can give me all the excuses you want. You can't go without a fucking election for that long and just say, oh, well, it's not safe. Right. Really? You couldn't make it safe in 14 fucking years? Come on. Well, I think part of it is, you know, that he might lose. Oh, so that's, well, well, don't tell that to Trump, because that, that's his next plan. You know, you didn't, you know, he's going to be pissed off at a whole bunch of people and say, wait a minute, that's how it works? Right. And, and of course, uh, you know, uh, Netanyahu, uh, you know, for anybody who doesn't know who we mean by Bibi, um, Netanyahu also is not leaving, like, the presidential mansion yet. He's just well, sort apparently of, he's got until Monday, is what I understood, or something. Apparently, unlike the United States, there's not actually a set timetable. It's all sort of informal. Uh, apparently, they were pushing to give him a deadline, and maybe they gave him Monday. But like, nor normally, it's just something that the incoming and outgoing folks work out. It's not something where there's a specific date it's supposed to happen. Well, let me ask or, a question: Is there are are there offices and the mansion, or is it just like you know the you know like the White House, where the the White House itself is also a functioning office? I didn't I didn't observe I, that part. I I think it's just a residence, but they still have like receptions and stuff there. I don't I don't know I don't know. Let me just say I don't know. Well, you know, I, I mean, one thing is that I, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's not really like the offices and stuff or whatever, because the new government has been functioning. It's right functioning, now and has, yes. yes. And, and has made certain already decisions and other things and so forth. And one of the things I, I know that uh, there have already been some skirmishes and some airstrikes related to this, this entire protest that was happening. And it, I don't know, but I was like, you know, some of the stuff that happened, I was like, well, look. Same shit, you know, different government, you know, some of, some of the stuff doesn't change. But I'm open that I, I, the main thing is that it's a change. And I think that people just wanted to change and they knew that the current situation is just untenable. Yeah. And they had to go to do something 
different. And so, so here we are and hoping for the best at this point. Yeah. And, and, you know, officially the deal is this prime minister is prime minister for two years. And then the, the moderate in the coalition is the prime minister for the next two years after that. I find it hard to imagine coalition actually lasting. Um, it's just so the, the, the people making it up are just so different. And like I said, the only thing they really agree on is that Netanyahu had to go as soon as they start having to deal with other issues they're you know they're going to be enough people unhappy to sort of break the coalition now netanyahu of course is saying we'll be back you know and we'll be back soon and blah 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 and so you know they they need to be very careful right because if they well that might be enough to just keep it together that's one yeah. of the things it's like you know uh i mean sometimes you wind up in these situations which are just a lot less than ideal, but you know. But you you're forced into it by the scenario, and you know that if if you break apart, you get BB back, and you know maybe that you know maybe they're gambling on you know he's going to lose his court cases and end up in jail or something, and and then it'll be safe to break apart and have a normal process again. I don't know, um, but it just seems incredibly unstable right now. So I just I don't have a lot of faith that it's going to last a long time, um, but we'll see. Because uh, like you said. They clearly didn't want Netanyahu, and right now, if the coalition fell apart, most likely scenarios, it goes back to Netanyahu again. Well, let's see. Winds up in jail. But anyway. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's, that's BB. Okay, I picked. Your turn. And now, now I have to pick. Yes! You have to pick. Choose! Choose! Okay. Uh, my turn. So I, you know, I, I've had something that I've had on our list for a few weeks now, uh, because of something I heard on a podcast and then has become a little bit more relevant because of some of this talk about the, you know, critical race theory and, and, uh, people putting laws in place to keep teachers from teaching it and all this kind of nonsense, uh, when they weren't doing that anyway. Um, but I'm not going to talk directly about critical race theory. What this was, I, you know, for the first time in a long time, a, um, a few weeks back, I listened to a random sample of podcasts, uh, that I'm subscribed to instead of just the today's news stuff, which is what I've been doing for like years now, basically. And something came on and I, I, I apologize. I'm going to forget the name of the podcast, the name of the person interviewed, whatever. It was some conservative leaning podcast. Um, and they were interviewing this guy whose name I don't remember either. Um, and he was plugging his book or whatever about like, I, I don't know, a coming American civil war or some nonsense like that. Um, well, I hope it's nonsense. We're hoping it's nonsense. <laughs> do, do, do. Sam could not remember it while recording, but the podcast in question was the May 10th episode of the John Bachelor Show. The name of the episode was The Relentless Church of Woke and What is to be Done. The person being interviewed was Michael Vlahos from Johns Hopkins University, whose website is anewcivilwar.com. It seems he is on Bachelor's Show Weekly as well as posting stuff related to this on his own site. Do, do, do. Yeah, but the key thing that he started talking about, which really sort of opened my eyes a little bit, is his his main comparison 
is he was talking about uh, you know, the 1619 Project and critical race theory and all of this kind of stuff versus sort of the traditional you know, version of American history with, you know, um, George Washington chopping down the cherry tree and the founding fathers and all this kind of stuff. Um, and he framed it all as a battle of religions. Mm. Interesting. Uh, and, and using religious language. Now, he did not outright say this is a religion, that's a religion. But he was all, everything he talked about, everything in terms of how he spoke was in terms of, you know, a, com you know, a competition of religions. He was comparing it to sort of, uh, you know, the medieval situations, uh, you know, of Catholic versus, well, I guess that Catholic versus Protestant is post-medieval, or the Crusades or things like that, where, you know, there were two sort of mind views of the universe that were clashing in sort of that clash of civilization sort of way. Um, and he was saying sort of the, you know, it was all the key bit that hit me was that when you were having a discussion about history and say, you know, was slavery an important aspect of the history of the United States? Was it sort of a defining key element of whatever? And, you know, that you have to understand in order to understand the history of the country or not versus um, you know, sort of the, the founding myths, it really was all, and I use the word myths because that's what it was. It was not, you know, a, hey, let's look at the historical evidence and try to come to an understanding of what really happened. It was almost as if what really happened was completely irrelevant to the discussion. It was one set of <laughs> myths versus yeah, another. So wait, let me get this straight. The facts didn't interfere with any of his opinions? No, well, because, I mean, he, he was describing sort of both <laughs> sides of it, but the key element was that what mattered was that this view of, hey, maybe uh, Thomas Jefferson wasn't, you know, this amazing person because, oh, by the way, he raped his slaves, you know? That that was, you know, a direct assault on the belief systems of America because in the in the in the foundational myth of America, Thomas Jefferson was one of the founding fathers. He was a great man. He was wonderful. And if you well, well, I mean, look, if we're gonna go and now judge everybody because they weren't driven with snow with with perfection even though they may have done certain things that in the future we appreciate will tear everybody well, down well, because there's nobody well, yeah, that, that there's no there 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 are nobody can meet right, those but standards the sort, his sort I of mean, point was that you know like if if you actually are looking at things from a historical perspective right the truth is messy okay the, exactly. there, there are true. no that, that's there are reality. no true saints you know, nope. it's not like you can look up and, oh, the founding fathers were sort of godlike and they passed. And it's like Moses passing down the tablets when they wrote the Constitution, right? Exactly. You right. know, and it's yeah. sort of that that view. No, there are a whole bunch of imperfect men. Right. And, and sort of, but his point was sort of that um, it's not about what actually happened. It's about 
sort of the the mythos of America that is built up and how ev- and that how there's so many people who worship the idea of America. And if you start poking holes in it and saying, you know, actually they weren't all that great, you know, that you sure they did some good things, but they also have these bad things and blah, 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 blah. Then it's the same kind of thing as if you were, you know, yeah, and I would also do these things, of course, but as if you were um, trying to uh, humanize Moses or Jesus or whatever and saying, right. you know, hey, look, they, they you know, it, 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 Jesus wasn't like the supernatural thing. He was, he was just a, a, a prophet running around. No, no, he, was a, he was a regular guy. He was a regular guy. He had some ideas and he was kind of a nut job. So the Romans killed him. Right. And, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, look, and, and it's, but people who are invested uh, especially like sort of your evangelical types who can't understand the notion of, you know, metaphor and, you know, it's not necessarily literal truth. It's trying to teach moral lessons through or whatever, you know, uh, but those folks like are really, really wed to the sort of the mythos and uh, where he was coming from is this is what you're doing when, when you like try to sort of, uh, get into these realities where you're like saying, you know, hey, um, you know, the 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 sort of original sin to also use the religious language of slavery tainted American history from the very beginning. That you are you are insulting someone's faith in their view of the history of their nation, and with everything sort of put into this sort of religious or semi-religious thing where what really matters is not what happened. What really matters is your faith in the institution that it, it sort of blew my mind because of course this is completely alien thought to me. Like I don't have any sort of reverence for the founding fathers or anything. It's that it's historical. But there's definitely a lot of people that do. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do agree that that part of this entire culture war that we're having is directly related to what he is saying. It's this going back and saying, wait, uh, we don't, you know, the 1950s weren't like perfect America. Right. You know, this make America great again thing is, is BS because it wasn't really great. It was great for some people, but it wasn't for everybody great. You go back to like the late 1800s and early 1900s where we talk about, oh, the the big companies like the Standard Oils and, the you know, U.S. Steel and that kind of stuff or whatever. And you realize that a lot of those people were, you know, it was a, there was a lot of crony capitalism go, going on there in which there was a lot of stuff in the, in the back where there was a lot of corruption and just a lot of just crooked business practices and a lot of exploitation of labor uh, during that time that made that happen. It wasn't just these like, you know, uh, pristine, you know, businessmen that went around and just, you know, out of their bootstraps or whatever bullshit. They got government contracts. They, they steered certain things. It's, it's like a, a lot of stuff that happened and, you know, we sanitized a lot of mm-hmm. that. And, and, and so, and, 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 and these people, it's like when you go back and you go and like, look at the truth and, you know, and, and, and call it out. And it's like, they, they're just, you know, you can't like tear down my idols. 
but they're all false idols as the problem. Yeah, and in some of this critical race theory stuff that's been going around the last couple of weeks and some of the, the talk about you know teaching or not teaching in school and stuff, you've heard people quoted by saying things like, we don't want to be teaching this stuff. We want to be teaching kids patriotism. Yeah, I, I know. And I, and I read a whole bunch of that. And, and I think that, it, it, you know, you know, we, a lot of imperfect men have regardless done good things. Yeah. I think course. the one thing is that you can't, my, my problem is that you can't just falsely idolize these things without looking at the warts of them as well and recognizing that uh, we are imperfect beings, but we are capable of doing good things regardless. But just remember that it, it comes from people that aren't perfect. And I, and I don't think that is a bad thing. The problem is that these people want these like false, false idols of perfection, um, up there and then don't want to like go and acknowledge the mistakes and the things that were done wrong. We're talking about the original sin of slavery. Look, the slavery thing isn't, I, I keep repeating, it's not just a U.S. thing. Uh, the, the, people seem to forget, I was having this discussion about this last week uh, over remarks that the president of Argentina did that created a, a huge, huge uh, uh, diplomatic uh, brouhaha, where he went and he was in a, he, I can't remember, he was given a press conference with some other foreign leader, and I think it was from Europe. I can't remember who he was, who it was. And for some reason, he went into this remark and said, you know, we Argentines, we came in ships, but uh, the Mexicans came from Indians and the Brazilians came from the jungle. <laughs> and holy shit, look, the, the shitstorm over those remarks has been just brutal, okay? Um... You know, and you know, Argentines by ships and means that look, well, we 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 came from Europeans. We're just you know whatever. But you know the you know the, these others are you know whatever. They're if you if if you're from the you know you're you're the others are trash. But but the one thing is that look, you got to remember that Brazil itself, the the king of Portugal, had moved his court to Brazil for a period of time during it was during the Napoleonic Wars. Okay. And he was there. The, the biggest slave center in the Americas for a while was there. They they were, I mean, the amount of slaves that were brought to Brazil was huge. And the racial repercussions to this day of that in Brazil and the racism that is in Brazil as well because of this is, is, is very significant. And it brings those remarks, like the ones that uh, the president of Argentina just said, because they are also very racist about that there. And so it's one of these things that this, this the, the slavery in the Americas in its entirety is something that changed the America significantly. You you significantly altered the, the, the history of, of black people from Africa. You brought them here. And then what you did is for a, even to today, treated them for the most part as second class citizens. I mean, it's, 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 it's a massive thing. Oh yeah. Uh, so just, just real quick to wrap this up, getting back to sort of the history as religion kind of thing. I think it also boils down to, there's a significant portion of the population for which what you believe 
What's the right way to put it? What's important is not what the truth is. What's important is what you believe. <laughs> and and the the sort of idea of the sort of enlightenment idea, the scientific idea of you validate your beliefs by testing them against reality through experiment, through figuring out what works and what doesn't, and that truth is knowable. And that you can. All right, let me let me try this again. Okay, I am a billionaire. I am a billionaire. <laughs> I am a billionaire. Let me go try to do a wire transfer right now. I'm going to send you twenty million dollars. Okay, okay, I'll I'll be looking. Okay, for let that. me see. Let me see. Okay, I'm logging into the account. You know what, Sam? It's rejecting the wire oh, transfer. Man. It says I don't have enough funds. <laughs> it doesn't work. Well, yeah, yeah, but like, look, there's a significant portion of people who really do like what the underlying truth is that can be found through experiment and rational thought and testing and blah, 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 does, doesn't matter. Like it, it, the, the fundamental view is nothing is really knowable. So what matters is what you believe. And, and that, and for that, for that, for that matter, even if it is knowable, maybe it's sort of uncouth to know it that way because if believing <laughs> things a certain way will lead to an outcome you like then it's better to believe that than to not believe it even if that thing is false to an outcome you like and by that outcome you you like me it it means that hey uh you know this uh this white america that you still like and uh you know and it's like none of this other people exist let me give a less charged example right i mean sort of the a fundamental version of this is if you think that the only way to get people to behave is to tell them if they won't if they don't behave they'll go to hell is it better for people to believe in a hell, regardless of one, whether one exists or not? Is it better for people to believe in hell anyway, even if it doesn't exist, if it makes them behave well? I, I don't believe that that's good. No, I, I think that is ridiculous. <laughs> I, think that, I think that making up fake stories as to why people should behave, you know, it, it, it's this whole thing and how, about how we... Uh, uh, Society in general engendered these fears in in children in order for them not to do certain things like masturbation was evil or like you're going to get, uh, I don't know, whatever is going to happen to your hand. Don't do that or all of this bullshit. And then we, we transfer these inadequacies to into people for the rest of their life. Then we transfer this guilt into their head for the rest of their life over things they shouldn't be guilty about. You know, they make themselves not comfortable with who they are and what they are. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I just, you know, to me, I, I find that the, all of this stuff, all it's shown really in history is that it's done more harm than any good to anyone. Well, and, and tying it back to the critical race theory stuff, I mean, some of the arguments I've heard people make explicitly on TV about this stuff is you can't be teaching people about this stuff because then they won't think as positively about their country and will be more divided. And it's like, okay, man, but you know, you have to, in order to get past something, you have to recognize the truth of it. Like just exactly forcing it, forcing it into the closet to use another thing that ties to other issues. And, uh, yes. you know, forcing things into the closet does not resolve an issue. 
It doesn't. It just, it makes it worse over time. So you you can't, the problem of race won't go away by ignoring it. You know, you you can't sort of just wish it away magically. Hey, stick stick your fingers in your, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear about this. I don't want to hear about how, you know, things have been unfair to to minorities for hundreds of years, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that. No, that doesn't help anything. Nope. But, you know, there's a huge group of people who that's their fundamental sort of take on these things is, you know, I don't want to. Yeah. Don't I don't want to hear that stuff. I don't want my kids to hear that stuff because it it sort of makes it, it bursts the bubble of the little perfect world we want to believe in. Well, I'm sorry, your bubble needs to be burst. You you need to understand how the world really is. And then once you do, then you can work towards making things better. But as long as you're sticking your head in the sand, you're not getting anywhere. Yes, yes. I mean, definitely. I mean, I, you know, this this entire thing of like lying to yourself about what the hell happened in order to make yourself feel good about it is just ridiculous. Look, you 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 take you take the positive, you take the negative, you understand what the heck it is, and then you know, and, and then you you know, we work to be better. That's that's what we should strive for. Yeah, and I think I I. I believe very strongly that the fact that as a nation, we are willing to look at that critically and not whitewash it, I actually think that is an admirable thing, not not something that is bad about this country, because many other countries don't do that. Yeah. And... I, I mean, and we're not perfect at that either. There's a lot of whitewashing no. going on, but w- you know, we should be moving more in the direction of acknowledging the truth, not running away, screaming and hiding. Yeah. Or, or worse, denying. Yeah. Or denying it. But I, I, I really truly think that this is something that is a good thing about the country, not a bad thing. Yeah. But yeah, again, that, that was sort of the thing that sort of, opened my eyes is just the notion that you know when when you when you talked about some of these historical things people were reacting to it the same way as if you were attacking their religion as opposed to an actual discussion of like what historical reality would be and that and that's sort of what i was like oh oh now that makes sense mm-hmm. you know it, it, it's it's like you were it's like you were attacking their religion. Um, yep. And, and, you know, and look, some religions need to be attacked too. Sorry. But yeah, but, but yeah, that explained it to me because it, it, it became a matter of attacking their faith, not an actual discussion of, Hey, what's the evidence say about the historical fact? You know? Okay. Uh, we've each had one. Let's take a break. We will come back and we'll do another two and then we'll see where we are back after this. Ready for the test, Dracula? I'm ready, Frankenstein. Then let us begin. 
Creepy Classic celebrates the classic horror and science fiction films from the silent era through the 1960s, and retro TV horror from the 1950s to the 1970s. Visit creepyclassics.com for all your classic video needs. And when you buy something, tell Ron that the curmudgeons say hello. Okay, we are back. Yvonne, it is your turn again. It's my turn. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, we had a prediction request, so I will go and, like, not forget that. Um, okay, okay. So, uh, will the Tokyo Olympics happen this summer? And I'm going to go with a yes. I, I, I At this point, I, I don't see how any of these sporting events get stopped. Uh, I was just seeing uh, there, there was uh, this week there is the Copa America going on in South, South America uh, for soccer. And they did move it from Argentina to Brazil because I guess they are less worse right now at COVID. I mean, <laughs> less you worse. Know, That's a good way to put it. Yes, it, it's less worse. I mean, look, I went today and I tried to reach somebody that I heard may be a good candidate for a position. And... The the text message I got is, oh, he's in bed with COVID. I mean, that's not good. And, um, you know, he seems to be fine. He's recovering. Okay, thank God. Okay, but he's he, he was down with it. Uh, but, like, in one of the soccer games that was being played where the Venezuelan team, I believe, was playing Brazil, 10 of the Venezuelan players could not participate because they were infected with COVID. Th- this team, I think, has, like, total of 20. Half of the team was out with COVID. Half of the team! But they still played the game! Yeah. And so I'm like, whatever, they're going to play the damn Olympics. Yeah, I mean, Japan, you know, and the, the, the main dynamic that's interesting there is lots of the locals are like, no, we don't want it. Right. <laughs> oh, no, we don't want it. Stop, stop, stop. But the officials are still all, all signals green. Go, go, go. Um, and I think you're right. I think it would it would take something catastrophic to change that at this point. Uh, and I think the worst case scenario is, you know, they have more restrictions. Some players may be out here and there. Maybe some of the events right. without audiences. You know that that kind of thing. But I don't I don't think they're going to stop it at this point. Yeah, they, I don't they think they're canceling the Olympics. It. I mean, this is already late. Yeah, yeah, it is already delayed. Yeah, now nah, that the, the, these Olympics are are, are happening. Uh, that's my thought right now. Yeah. So okay, so I picked the topic. There you go. That was quick. Well, that well that was short. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even have the timer. No, no, that was that was uh, that was amazing, Yvonne. I, I yeah. in and out. Okay, so I guess I guess it's my turn. Um, yes. Uh, fine. Um, <laughs> uh, the the all the international meetings that Biden was at this week, the G seven, the Putin thing, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So my, my quick take is it was all very normal. Um, <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it's the theme. We of, didn't have a picture of the president of the United States with his arm cross, arms crossed like this, like a pouty little kid, like across from the leaders of every other like nation in the free world, basically. Yeah, I mean, there were all these pictures comparing like 
pictures of Trump and pictures of Biden. Doing I didn't even see those actually, but, but you know. Oh no, no, there were tons of those. There were tweets where they put side by side the Trump with his <laughs> arms crossed picture that you were talking about. You know, and the the one with Trump with his arms crossed had uh, Angela Merkel like right next to him, looking really unhappy. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And a bunch of other people him, yeah. leaning over, and then they right next to it, they put an equivalent picture of Biden at a table across from Merkel and a bunch of all other people, and they're all smiling and happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and maybe, you know, we're not getting, like, the, the you know, the little bubbles on their head saying, oh, glad that son of a bitch isn't here again. <laughs> God, good grief. Um, you know. Yeah, no, it was all, it was all very normal. Uh, you, you didn't have any of the craziness. Um, you had the theme for Biden and and look, this is the theme for his entire damn presidency is look, thank God that is over. It's back to normal. He's for the most part avoiding things where he's like sort of trying to push back much further in the opposite direction. He's just trying to say, look, (laughs) it, 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 it's back to how it was before as much as possible um, right. and, and try to rebuild things back to where they were. Um, and, and, you know, that, that includes, you know, uh, with, with the Putin stuff, you know, he didn't go in there like throwing knives either. You know, he mentioned, you know, the things he wanted to mention about, uh, you know, Crimea and cybercrime and election interference and all this kind of stuff, but basically had a normal meeting. He didn't go in there, uh, trying to throw a temper tantrum or, or you know, upset the apple cart, right? He's trying to sort of restore normalcy everywhere. And the one thing that I, I must point out is while there were, you know, a few Republicans who were consistent all the way along, for the most part, this last week, I heard so many Republicans talking about how weak Biden was on Russia. And it's like... <laughs> My fucking God. <laughs> you, you know, look, okay. Like I said, there were probably one or two Republicans who consistently also criticized Trump for being, for his position on Russia. But most of them at best were completely silent and a significant amount of time were telling all about how Trump's approach to Russia was so smart and enlightened and he was fixing the relationship and blah, 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 blah. And, and then these same, these same assholes come around and they're all going like, Oh, Biden, you know, Biden's letting Putin kick him around and blah, 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 blah. Really? Really? Yeah. Right. Now I, I, you know, Maybe I wish that Biden was a little bit harsher and more aggressive with Putin, too. But I I don't want to hear it from you assholes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Give me a fucking break. (laughs) I mean, these motherfuckers were all around, like, before. It's just like, yeah, 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 Trump, uh, whatever. And I mean, come on. Give me a fucking break. Yeah. I, 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 I... Look, I I think that it was very important to have this meeting because I I am fairly confident that the message was pretty clear to the Russians, especially in terms of cyber attacks and other things going on. Okay, 
I think it was important to deliver a message in person regarding to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it seems that Biden did deliver that for well, sure. And, and okay? as usual, we don't really know what happened in the b- behind closed doors session. Right. But we know that that was a topic that was discussed. Yes. And, 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 and I am pretty sure that right now, basically not, you know, having Trump saying, Oh, he told me it wasn't them and I believe him. Um, you know, <laughs> is a much better. You know, it's 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 definitely to have what Biden did is ten times much better than that approach at this point. And so, you know, I, I'm I think it was important for him to meet with him directly and just to display, you know, what we're not fucking around. We know what the fuck you're doing, and you know there will be consequences. And I I think that's from what I'm understanding that's part of the message that was relayed. And so, yeah. And I think delivering it in person was important. Yeah. Especially when we are in the face of all these cyber attacks that were going around and a whole bunch of stuff that were going around that we know that the Russians had have been a party to them. Yeah, and it's interesting the way the Russians are a party to them because from, you know, it sounds like, from the reporting I've read, the deal that... Putin and the Russian government have is basically, look, they're a bunch of cyber criminal scammers, and they really are mostly, there there are some exceptions, but a lot of them really are independent scammers. Uh, But Putin's basically said, hey, look, as long as you're only attacking these guys and not us, we'll leave you alone. Exactly. You know, go do what you want. And then there are, of course, official government sanctioned GRU uh, things for you know, the, 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 the cozy bear and all those things that were doing the election interference actually were directly government. But a lot of these things that are, you know, sort of the, 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 what you call it pipeline and the meat packers and all these things that happen. Right. It sounds like, and, and, you know, it's hard to know what the truth really is, but it sounds like this isn't necessarily Putin sitting in his office saying, go attack the pipeline. But instead it's just, you know, these guys are after money. They really are just after money. And uh, Putin's like, hey, have fun, free reign, as long as you're attacking them and not us, do whatever you want. Yes, and I, and I think that's part of it. But also, it, they are, you know, in many cases, aiding aiding them. They're aiding and abetting, but not directly instructing, you know? Right. And the way that I've seen Putin do stuff is like, it's a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You know, kind of like the message is like, well, you know what I want. Yeah. You know what I want. Kind of like Trump. Exactly. You know what I want. I I, I don't need to say it. Right. So, anyway, I mean, I... (laughs) There, there's been some criticism of, uh, of, of Biden not being forceful enough or whatever. I, I think that's whatever. I think like the, the proper way to do this often is in the private behind the scenes discussions, not in the public, uh, yeah. press conference. Yeah, yeah, that, that has very little, that, that, that has, you know, all that does is it, it creates more, so many times, most of those public messages create more problems than anything. Yeah, so you expect what you want the public stuff to be fairly subdued and calm. And meanwhile, you expect that behind the scenes, there's some more forceful messages going back and forth. Um, whereas Trump's approach, and, and like a lot of his people loved him for this, 
is, you know, everything right out in the open. There's no like, there's no like hidden layer there. Like Trump's just, you know, he, he's chummy with the folks he wants to be friends with, which happen to all be dictators. And for the people he doesn't like, which happens to be most of our allies, he just is in open disdain all the time. Uh, and yeah, that's not how diplomacy is supposed to work. You're, you know, and people like, maybe you could criticize that about like, Hey, well, being wide open about that, at least that's honest. Right. Well, no, like keeping the, the, keeping the public level of things calm while working out differences privately actually helps keep issues from exploding. That's been my experience. Yeah. So. No, I'm with you on that approach. Okay. Anything else about these, uh, these foreign things? I, I, f- I forget what prediction we made about what country, uh, <laughs> Trump would actually visit first, but I, I think I mentioned, Trump? uh, Germany and Merkel, Trump? Uh, not Trump, Biden, Trump, Biden, Biden, Biden. Biden. Well, I believe Biden visited first Canada or Mexico, which is the first thing I, I think I predicted one of those. Did he? I thought this. No, and this yeah, was his did. first overseas trip. No, no. He had. No. Or was it first meeting with one of those leaders? He had met. With, he, I think he, he, you may be right on meeting with. This was his first overseas yeah, trip. Yeah, but, but first trip. But he, he, I think he met with him first. But it was. Yeah, but yeah, that wasn't right. our prediction. Yeah. Our prediction was yeah, where we would he go Yeah, first. yeah, trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It, and it was the UK. Uh, you know, to, to see Boris. I mean, it was to see the whole G7, but Boris? because Boris was hosting it, it was, you know. Yeltsin? No. Oh, Johnson. Johnson. Okay, that guy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, oh, that right. is his name, right? He is a Boris? Yes, he is Boris, too. Yeah. Is he Russian? <laughs> that explains everything, Yvonne! Now this all ends up! <laughs> You see, this is the kind of cunning insight that you only get from Kerbudgeon's Corner. <laughs> I, I don't think he's Russian, Yvonne. Just saying. I mean, but he's Boris. I mean, come on. Where the hell he get that? Where the hell he get Boris from anyway? Who the hell's called Boris? Who names their kid? I woke up today and I decided, hey, I'm going to name my kid Boris. There are lots of Borises, Yvonne. Who the hell can, who the hell names their kid Yvonne? Well, that's you gotta ask my damn parents. I don't know what the hell they were smoking. I mean I mean, are you Russian? I I might might be it, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um I I I, I, I mean I, he was born in New York City anyway. Oh uh, Boris Johnson was? Yeah. And yes. he snuck off and got married a few weeks back. Right. Yes. Yeah? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, First, uh, first sitting prime minister to be married in like several hundred years or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, these were two short ones. Let's just run on to a third. Yvonne, what's the next one? What's the next one? Uh, SCOTUS. Okay. So SCOTUS came down with a few decisions this week mm-hmm. and there seemed to be, um, what do I, what was the the, well, there was an article that that came out about the fact that it seemed like uh, Alito was super pissed. <laughs> yeah, about the decisions because basically he didn't get his way, and he was just like really a pissy idiot. <laughs> okay. It seems. Um, but but look, the first one, 
you know, look, we've been going round and round about the Affordable Care Act, worried about it, whatever. Well, you know what? It came down, even with six conservative justices, it wasn't even close. It was seven to two. Yeah, and 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 they ruled, if I remember correctly, they ruled on standing, though, not the merits, but still. Correct. Yeah. They ruled on standing. They said, you know what? And I think that what you're seeing from that and and from other decisions is basically, I, I, they don't I really want to touch believe... It. Even if they think it, it was bad not, policy, it's not they, they don't, don't want to touch it. It's not just beyond they don't want to touch it. It's what, what, I, I, what I keep seeing is this, look, we're not the legislature. This was legislated. It's the law. And you know what? We're not going to fuck with it. Yeah. Pretty much. That's it. You know? Which actually is kind of a conservative position on what the court should be doing. Right. Uh, I, 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 I think if you remember, John Roberts actually said this in, the, in, in a speech in the last couple of years. Where he said, and he kept feeling that cases kept being brought up because of a lack of act because of of a lack of legislation because people weren't legislating and then they were they were wanting almost like the supreme court to take the place of of the of our legislative branch and and he had been really pissed off about that and i keep thinking what i keep seeing with these especially with a re, 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 this is not the first time that we've seen this lack of standing you know, be brought up again. It is like, you know what? No, this this isn't our our our. This isn't our purview. This really, you know what? You guys want to change this? Legislative change. Leave us the fuck out of it. Mm-hmm. And so, and and I think that, uh, and I think that there was a similar issue also with the other decision that uh, I think was uh, was there where there was this decision on. What was it? A Catholic? Uh, it, it was a it was a Catholic uh, charity that uh, basically based on uh, here it is uh, a Catholic group refusing to vet same sex couples as foster parents in Philadelphia, and basically the decision also wasn't a new decision. It basically left precedent in place. And Alito was like raging about it because he was just like, "Why the fuck didn't we just meddle in this damn thing?" Um, and so, it, it, so I don't know. And I, I think that what you saw there is that the decisions were, I mean, there were seven to two. I mean, there they weren't even like close. But it seemed like what some people were, were speculating is that you're seeing a split inside the conservative. Uh, group in between, you know, Alito and Gorsuch and some others in like one small camp versus a whole bunch versus Roberts with this other group in the middle, and then you've got the liberal wing, and that's what well, basically and, the day of and I, about. I want I want to give it to you at least a little bit, Yvonne, because you know when we were talking about you know the 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 various Trump Supreme Court nominees as they were coming up, one of the things you kept saying is. You know, Trump and the conservatives here that are picking these justices may feel like they're going to get in and they're going to overturn the apple card and immediately the ACA is going to be gone. Abortion is going to be gone. Mm -hmm. This is going to be gone. And you're like, I think it won't be that simple. 
uh, because, you know, some of these justices have a more libertarian streak. Right. Uh, some of them tend to, once they get on the court, uh, be a little bit more accommodating than they seem like beforehand. Uh, and so far it's kind of worked out that way. Um, you know, we've got some important cases with relating to abortion and stuff coming up next year. We'll see how they go. Right. Um, but you know, one of the things is, you know, Trump specifically said out loud, like, you know, he was appointing to, he was appointing people to get rid of the ACA. He was appointing people to get rid of abortion, et cetera. He was not shy about this. Right. But. Man, when you get a decision on ACA 7-2, to two, I mean, it's not even close. Well, and hell, for that matter, he was like, I'm pointing these Supreme Court justices so they can overturn the election for me. How'd that work out? It, 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 that, 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 the same, but by the same margin, pretty much. Uh, you know, and, and also, like, I, I saw a quote, uh, Dan Dresner quoted this on Twitter, but it's from an article from the New York Times. The Supreme Court's newest justices produce some unexpected results by Adam Liptak, June 18th, 2021. And the quote that Mr. Dresner pointed out was, so far this term, the court's three Democratic appointees have voted with the majority 73% of the time in divided cases, slightly ahead of the 72% rate of the six Republican appointees. <laughs> Is that crazy or what? So it's like, even though we've got this court that's now supposedly 6-3 conservatives ahead, they've still come out with some key decisions with basically the liberals still winning. Now, not universally. They're, they're you know. Right. But, right. Uh, and, and you wouldn't expect that all the time. But so it's, it, but it's interesting um, that it's coming uh, this way. Just, just, um. Uh, to to read the first couple paragraphs of that article, the arrival of Justice Amy Coney Barrett in October seemed to create a six to three conservative juggernaut that would transform the Supreme Court. Instead, judging by the 39 signed decisions in argued cases so far this term, including two major rulings on Thursday, the right side of the court is badly fractured. Exactly. And its liberal members are having a surprisingly good run. That picture may change as the court has yet to issue the term's last 15 decisions, but some trends have already come into focus. Um, you know, and basically he goes on to talk, talk about how, um, you know, looking at John Roberts versus Kavanaugh versus whatever. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, this is one of the things presidents, uh, uh, presidents have learned over and over again. And, uh, you know, and, Seems to be like the bottom line is you can't necessarily predict how your Supreme Court justices are going to work out uh, after you nominate them. They really are independent, independent agents once you put them on the court. Uh, and, and you know, and they've done a really like the, you know, the the way that they've gone about picking these th folks with the Federalist Society, vetting them right, and all this kind of right, stuff. Right, right. You'd expect to have, you know, a little bit more lockstep here, but nope, nope. Look, I, I, I think, and, and, I, and I had said this uh, 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 as well before on other occasions, that I think these people take this responsibility very seriously for the most part. Um, and it, it's a different thing when, 
when you're out there and you can throw firebombs about certain things. Uh, and you could just throw opinions and say stuff or whatever. But it's a different thing when, you know, the weight of the nation really rests on your hands. And you have to make a decision based on the law. And I, I think that 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 changes how people work and react. Uh, I know that I've seen that uh, before. You, you see, especially with a lot of politicians... Sometimes, some at least, on the campaign trail versus how they are when they are actually presiding or leading. Right. Um, that that they change the tone because they realize that, you know, on the campaign trail, I can throw all the grenades I want. But, you know, up here, I'm trying to, you know, work for everybody or I'm supposed to be anyway. Yeah. Just the same way that Trump pivoted once he got into office. Uh, except Trump. Okay. But, you know. <laughs> He grew into the office. He understood the magnitude, and yes, yeah. right. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, no, no, but I, 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 I joke. But I, I, I think you're right. I, Trump, Trump exception, except you know, throw it out the window. I, I mean, a lot of you know, especially sort of when you get into these lifetime appointments to the court, it's really different right. than an elected position where you're going to be up for, you know, people are going to vote for you again in a few years. Right. It changes the dynamic completely. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're not up for election in two years or whatever. I mean, this is, you know, this is your ticket. You're here until you decide you don't want to be there. Right. Yeah. So, so there's the, the usual sources of external pressure are gone. Yep. You know, yeah. I, I mean, maybe there there's still other sources of pressure. I mean, and as the old quote goes, you know, the 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 Supreme Court justices do read the newspaper. You know, they are aware of the the context. Oh, of course. But you know, they they don't have the same kinds of uh, you know, they're not going to get reelected or somebody's going to do whatever. You know, you like you said, their their ticket is punched. They're good for life. Yep. They got a pension too. Now, having said all that, again, you know, the fact that the liberals have had a good string doesn't mean that's going to continue. We could get some cases. No, uh, no, no, you know. no. Uh, obviously, and I, I, I mean, I do expect that definitely that there will be cases and certain things that will, you know, uh, th- that obviously we will not be happy with. But I, I, I think that, and I, and I can't, I can't think of them off the top of my head. But I feel like there have already been a few we're not happy with. But, but we have been as, as we pointed out here, we've been pleasantly surprised a few times, and that's fine. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, now there are exactly. a bunch of conservatives. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, there were a bunch of conservatives going around and look, look, this is, you look at all those liberal scaremongers talking about how the entire world would go to hell if Kavanaugh and Comey Barrett were, were approved. And, you know, look, now they're getting what they wanted anyway. You know? Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, look, it, it given, you know, what Trump was saying about nom- his nominees, about how they were picking them, yeah, there were, yeah. Was there, I don't think the fact that we've had not as bad a result so far is necessarily a reason to think the warnings about the possibility were out of line. Oh, I I mean, I think it was reasonable to expect that totally, 100%. It's just, just the fact that you didn't get the worst result, you know, doesn't mean that the concerns weren't valid, especially given what 
what these people were saying that they were for. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. I mean, you read the record, you saw what they said they supported. I mean, of course you had a right to be concerned. Yeah. Okay. So my turn again. Yep. So there was this article by ProPublica last week where they got their hands on a bunch of billionaires' tax returns. And, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And basically showed how most of these people paid very little, often nothing, sometimes even got tax credits back. Um, because of the well, way... They were me- well, one thing is that they were measuring it uh, against their wealth, not, yes. not so, so much against their income, which well, was... What, that's, what that's they were the measuring part. it against, what was interesting, so they, they called this sort of their true income tax rate. They were doing it not against their wealth per se, but against the change in their wealth. So, like, they were using, like, if they were worth X billion the previous year and... Yeah, you know, let's let's put actual numbers. Let's say they were worth fifty billion one year and a hundred billion the next year. Now they were saying that's equivalent to a fifty billion dollar income. Here's their income tax rate as compared to that fifty billion dollars. Uh, which of course, the way that the tax structure is currently written, like if you have holdings, whether they be stock or real estate or anything like that, um, you don't get it, it's it's not income until you sell the asset. Um, at that point you get your, your capital gains on the difference between what you got it for and what you sold it for. Um, it's not just, Hey, your stock was worth 50 billion last year and a hundred billion this year. So you had a $50 billion income. That's not how it works, but that's how they were. That's how they were doing it to try to say, well, you know, effectively that's real. That's how much wealthier they got year over year. That's kind of income-y. Um, and so, but their point was because of the super wealthy very little of what they of of what happens to their net worth is due to traditional income they're not getting a paycheck they hold assets that increase in value that's how the game works and taxes work very differently in that case but they were pointing out anyway like you know the these guys made a whole lot of money in the pandemic year in terms of their net worth um, and they paid almost nothing on it. What do you guys think about that? So what do you think about that, Yvonne? Well, a lot of these people... Here, here Here's the a, here's a deal. Uh, the, the reason why uh, a lot of these people, when they consider the income, um, they, they're looking at... They're looking at the cash instead of the assets is... Uh, you know, I still remember 20 years ago when the, when the dot-com uh, bubble blew up. And I knew a ton of people that wound up owing taxes on on some stock gains that they did that they basically had no money to pay for it, like, in 12 months, because the rest of their holdings were just completely wiped out. Right, Be- because they didn't, they, didn't, uh, they didn't withhold the tax amount at the time they sold the stock. And they didn't with, but but it's not just the, it's not just that it's the, what happened is that look maybe the stock was at a hundred you sold you know ten percent of your holdings but then the stock went down to zero you you took that money you spent it you didn't withhold the tax but then the stock w- w- turned worthless next year right okay so there was nothing more to sell so you could 
you know, cover the the taxes, okay? Yeah, just just to be clear though, in that situation, if they when they'd sold the stock they did sell, if they'd kept aside 30% for taxes, they would have still been okay. But lots of people didn't do that. They they would have right. They, but 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 and sometimes they wound up over with uh, under withholding, which was a which was a big problem. Okay, right. But but that was that's one of the reasons why we we try to stick to to uh, income instead of derived taxes instead of asset taxes because that gets tricky. Okay, uh, you know asset values go up and down. So you know one year you know and some are more liquid than others. And some are more liquid than others, and so that's what we've stuck with that. But I, I mean, just one, one of the one of one of the traditional like uh, arguments against sort of a straight up wealth tax is forget your billionaires for a second. Let's talk about you know someone who has you know someone who is now retired has fully paid off their mortgage. Their house is the only asset they have. Right. 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 You know, they don't have an extensive, you know, extensive income coming in. They have very little in savings, but they've got a house that they bought 50 years ago that is now worth a ton of money. If you start taxing them on the current value of that house, they have nothing to pay it with. They might have to sell the house to pay that tax. Well, if you tax them more, because you're paying property taxes still on the damn house in most places, those are cheap. Well, I know, I know, you're still paying property tax, but I'm saying, you know, if you add a wealth tax on top of that, you know, and and there's an argument against that. If you add a wealth tax on top, yeah. And so, but the one thing is, look, I, I, but here, here is, this, but the strategy that they were pointing out that a lot of billionaires do. Uh, which I, I've used, but not as extensively because I'm not a billionaire, okay? But in certain times that I've had certain assets that appreciated in value, they're doing basically what I what I did with some stock that went up in value a lot is I didn't sell it. I just borrowed against it, okay? And so one of the things that people like Elon Musk or other people is that they have these huge lines of credit against against the the stocks uh that that they use for that they use for their spending and so they're not selling it they're they're borrowing money okay from mm-hmm. their massive asset base and what happens is that because they're borrowing money and then they're putting it in business and then they've got it all these write offs so they they wind up with losses and so therefore they wind up not paying taxes okay right and so that's that's basically what you saw that all these people are doing and and, and look the key the key to propublica piece the one important part of the propublica piece that they pointed out too is they were pointing out that these people were paying very little in taxes but they were not saying that this was illegal or anything this is no they all were not, perfectly right. legal the questions they're bringing up is is there something wrong with how we structure taxes that allows this to happen? Because intuitively, we think, you know, if you're looking at the richest couple hundred people in the country, they should be paying a lot, right? Right. And they're not. And I think here's here's the one thing, that, 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 that you've got this issue that we have right now where... Look, if you're a w, if you got paid instead of like being a guy like that that makes all his money because you're Elon Musk, okay, and so you're getting paid mostly in stock, right? And your stock is soaring or whatever. Um, if you're say a, a, a guy who gets who earns say, was, I've met people like this that maybe make a million, two million, three million a year in W two income, you're paying forty percent. 
I mean, it's almost, I mean, the dedu- the deductions available if you're earning it straight up in salary are zero. None. I mean, you're 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 paying the you know the top tax rate unless you start getting creative with incorporating and doing some other stuff or whatever. I mean, you're getting hammered, okay? And there is almost nothing that you that, that you can do. Uh, what I did here, and I thought was a sensible thing that should be introduced, is aside from you know, it's not a, a wealth tax per se. But it's more of a, a surtax on assets above, uh, basically a billionaire surtax. Mm-hmm. Because what what the argument is that most of the people that are want, that that are able to do this, if you take our tax returns and you actually break out who the people that are able to do this, it's a relatively tiny number of of people. Right. I mean, I I said the top few hundred people in the country. That's actually kind of close. I mean, we're not talking about like yeah, you know, millions of people here. And that these people have trillions in assets, and honestly, they're, they're you know the reality is that hell, you know what? Create a billionaire surtax. Just you know, all you're doing is that these people with their assets above a certain amount, you know, they do they they have to you know they have to pay, and also make it more difficult for them to be able to transfer this as generational wealth. That the state taxes do actually have to get paid. Mm-hmm. I think those are the two things uh, that could be done. You know, Michael Bloomberg, who was on that list as well, who didn't pay, uh, you know, percentage-wise that much, one thing, you know, you know, that he pointed out in his release was, you know, guys, I know, but you, know, you guys notice I did donate like a billion dollars to charity, right? Which he could write off, okay? None of, most of us can't, but, but you know, it's like, I, I did, you know, he was like... Can you guys count me that, that I gave a billion to charity? You know, it's, does that count for anything? <laughs> you know, but but still, I mean, in terms of the size of his wealth versus how much in tax he paid, yeah. I mean, it, look, I, let me listen. Any of us in the last year that have significant assets tied to real estate, stock, and whatever, the reality is that. Most of us made some significant outsized gains, and we paid zero tax on. That's a reality. Because we haven't necessarily sold it. Right. Yeah, because we didn't sell any of it. And so I I think that that's, you know, this is something that now eventually, because we're, you know, we're not multi-billionaires, and, you know, we're... We're going to, at some point, sell this stuff and, you know, have to pay the taxes fully on it. And I think, but but a lot of these people, they probably don't, you know, because this is, like, not necessarily for generational wealth. But I think... Well, like the- you said, you, you keep you keep spending off a credit line using that as collateral. The, 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 the base wealth doesn't go away at all, and then you pass it on to your heirs. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And so I, I think that there are ways to address it, and I think it needs to be addressed. I, I, I you know, uh, it, it, what's his name uh, uh, from Omaha? Uh, uh, oh, God. Warren Buffett. Berkshire Hathaway guy. Warren Buffett. You know, what he said is, look, yep, that's the numbers. I, I, I've said this before, and I publicly said it again, that this needs to change because I think it's it's not fair. 
his, his example is always like my secretary pays more taxes than I do. And he said he said so flat out. Yeah. He's been one that has said so flat out that it's not fair and that it needs to change. So I, I it needs to change. Uh there needs to be something done. Uh because it it, it really is, you know, as Donald Trump, I mean, fucking Donald Trump made paid more in taxes than that. I, I mean, I, you, I paid more in taxes than Donald Trump. You paid more in taxes than Donald Trump. Yep, the last decade. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, 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 I tend to agree with you. I, you know, I, and I'm not as in tune into what the right mechanisms are and how it should work and what the thresholds should be and. All this kind of stuff. And and actually, I said thresholds, but actually that's a bad thing. You don't want hard thresholds that produce cliffs. You want sort of gradual transitions and all this kind of stuff. Yes. But, you know, but, but, you know that I don't know what those details should be. But I, I think... The AMT was supposed to take care of that. And obviously it's very flawed. So... Yeah. I mean, fundamentally, the the basic principle that, you know... Yes, the wealthy should pay a significant share of their wealth. Uh, seems agreeable. I don't mind that. I'm not one of these taxes are evil folks. Um, but exactly how you do it is important. And and to some degree, what people say about like you don't want to disincentivize the kind of work that makes people wealthy because it helps drive the economy. Okay, to a to a degree, but at a at a certain point. You know, they're not really going to miss it. There's a certain, exactly, there's a certain p- point beyond, like, how much wealth do you fucking need? It's like, you know, the question that that uh, Bud Fox plays to Gordon Gecko. It's like, how many yachts do you need to, you know, ski behind, for God's sakes? Give me a fucking break. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that, that That's what I got for that subject. Um, Are we done, Yvonne? Yeah, I think we can be done. Sure. Okay. Yeah, because, um... Yeah. There's other things on the list, but again, like the mansion, HR1, voting rights, filibuster. I would just be repeating things I've said before. Infrastructure week! Infrastructure week, negotiations continue. We would be repeating what we've said before. We'll, you know, it continues to play out. It will be infrastructure week until the day we die. Yeah, there will be infrastructure week forever. But uh, but yeah, like, I, I, you know, I would be frustrated about Lucy and the football. Yvonne would be like, it's OK. They It would be good if they make a deal. Let them go a little while longer, et cetera. You've heard all this before. You don't need us to say it again. Um, so let's call it a show. Let's call it a show. OK, so uh, all, all the usual. Um, you can reach us on Facebook. It's Facebook.com slash curmudgeons corner slash. Yeah. Yep. It's facebook.com slash curmudgeons corner. You can leave a comment. You can, uh, you can tell us we're awful. You can, but more importantly, you can share it with friends that you think would enjoy the show. Um, if you don't like Facebook, you can reach us on Twitter. I'm at Abelsme, A-B-U-L-S-M-E. Yvonne is at I-M-B-O, I-M-B-O-U. We would love to hear from you. If you don't like Facebook or Twitter, you can email us. It's I was about to say it's Facebook at. No, it's not Facebook at. Our email is feedback at curmudgeons-corner.com. And we'd love to get your email too. Uh, Questions, comments, thoughts, things you'd like us to talk about, all of that kind of stuff. If you really like us, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash curmudgeons-corner and leave us a little tip. 
a uh, little cash. Uh, we actually just bought a new thing for the show right before, because we did this lightning round and we realized, hey, back in the olden days, years ago on the show, we sometimes used actual timers and I didn't have anything handy other than my phone. And I'm like, I want one of these good old fashioned kitchen timers that you turn and goes click, 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 click. And then, you know, it goes down and it goes ding. Um, so I ordered one of those. It was like 11 bucks and that will be paid for by your Patreon dollars. Very exciting. Now, I don't know if we'll ever use it or not, but we'll have it in case we want to. Um, and uh, if you join our Patreon uh, at different levels, you can get different things. We'll mention you on the show. We'll ring a bell. We'll send you a postcard. We'll send you a mug. All of those kinds of things at $2 a month or more. Or if you talk to us regularly through those other means I mentioned, we will invite you to our Curmudgeon's Corner Slack, which is just a chat room where Yvonne and I and some of our listeners are sharing links and chatting all week long. So Yvonne, the highlight of the week, what were some things that we were talking about on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack this time that we have not spoken about on the show? Well, we didn't talk about, and, and Sam, you know, you still haven't taken the test. I, I shared this uh, Oh, the dialect this test of basically... Of the dialect quiz, yes. You, you know, uh, and the, so re we the reason I the... the reason I didn't even comment on it this time is this thing goes around once every couple of years. I think it's it's like four or five years old now, actually. Um, and I, I I remember taking it when it first came out, and it was cool, and it it nailed me pretty good. But anyway, tell tell us about it, Yvonne. It was a New York Times thing. It's just a dialect quiz. So, so basically, it's just a New York Times quiz where you answer a whole bunch of uh, questions about how you pronounce certain words and how do you say you know what what do you call certain things, and then it gives you a little heat map it shows you where where your language uh, was probably came from it was like you know some interesting things like mine is like heavily concentrated for whatever re reason around the new york new jersey area and south florida well i've been here 20 years but yeah but of course i i never lived in the new york new jersey area so i don't know what the hell the deal with that is but anyway must be tv I mean, that's the only thing I can explain. And, and I just um, checked the date on this thing. It was from December 2013 was when this thing first came out. Yeah. And every couple years, somebody finds it and shares it around and everybody gets excited about it for a couple weeks and then it disappears again. But it is cool. It is yeah, very cool. So whatever. So it's so whatever. I think I'm sure I've done it before. This is cute. It's cool. So, you know, a few of us did, did it and shared our results, which were quite diverse. On the on the curmudgeons worn a slack, um, we did this. There was a guy who had to spend twenty four hours in a Waffle House, but could shave an hour uh, 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 of uh, of the the time that he needed to spend there by eating a waffle, and he ate nine of them, and apparently it made him very sick. Uh, so so we got that. Uh, conversation on Twitter while this was going on was all very excited about this guy and his, uh, his, what he was doing at the Waffle House and all this kind of stuff. But I've noticed someone was posting just while we were on the show just now, how they had noticed that the Twitter chatter about this guy went from how cool he, he was and how great it was that he was doing this Waffle House thing to what a shit. He only ate nine waffles in 15 hours? He could do better than that. <laughs> well, I thought he could do better than that, but apparently he, he couldn't down any more than that. Now, though, to be fair, Waffle House waffles are pretty big. I mean, yeah, I, I don't 
you know, I've been to Waffle House. I've never actually tried the waffles. Well, there you go. You have a mission. You you have to do this and report back. No, I I have I don't remember what the last time I had a waffle is either. Mm. But anyway. Yes. So yeah, anything else on the Slack? But anyway, so we had the waffle guy. We had uh, some Elon Musk stuff. We had some stuff on apparently like people trying to bribe people to give Amazon uh, reviews. We had Osama bin Laden's uh, niece uh, with a Trump one flag in Geneva. All sorts of very interesting stuff. And then we had more on the newsy side. We had uh, we had a secret recording of a Florida Republican that threatened to send Russian Ukrainian hit squad to kill his rival. That was quite interesting. We were sharing some data on COVID and how uh, COVID deaths are going down. Oh, and let me let me just say, since we since we have not had a COVID update, I will just say one thing: the worldwide deaths per day, uh, just within the last twenty four hours before we're recording this show, dropped below the lowest numbers from March, which now means we're the best that we have been since November 9th. And it's still dropping rapidly on a worldwide basis. Uh, there are still some hot spots uh, that are, you know, bad, uh, and some that are going up even. Uh, but world on a worldwide basis, the numbers are going down and going down rapidly right now. Crossing fingers that it stays that way. No. Yep. So, uh, okay. So that that you know, it, uh, yeah, all the hot spots are in places I'm supposed to be working at. But anyway, but for the most part, anyway, not all of them. But. Uh, there was um, an article from South China Morning Post where basically they were publishing in South China Morning Post is a is a newspaper based out of Hong Kong, uh, and they published that uh, the BioNTech SE COVID nineteen vaccine triggered substantially higher levels of antibodies compared to Chinese made Sinovac uh, vaccine, and as a matter of fact, part of that study said that if people take Sinovac, they may have to take a third dose. Okay. Mm. Um, in order for it to really work. Uh, so that, that was the, so that was the thing there. Um, we had an article on the two party system right now, completely being effed up in the United States and how it's very polarized. We had, uh, you know, we, we talked about this, about, uh, Netanyahu leaving his house. Um, you know, the, the SCOTUS decision. Stuff, stuff, uh, stuff, 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 stuff. People, people quitting their jobs, a lot of people quitting their jobs because they basically don't want to go back to the office. I can't imagine anybody who feels that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, who, who might feel that way? I, I don't I know. I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anybody like that. Look, I, I, I will fully admit, I will fully admit to being apprehensive about going back to the office and not because I'm worried about getting sick, just because I like being at home so much better. <laughs> I mean, I, I gotta admit that I, 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 you know, there is a, I'm, I'm on the fence about that. I, I definitely, you know, I don't have an office to go to, but if you ask me about, do you like working at an office? I like working at an office, but the commuting time back and forth really does rob a lot of time during the day and makes everything very inconvenient. Yes. Anyway, but I definitely. I, but I will say that I do like working in an office. I, you know, I'm okay with it sometimes, but I would much prefer 
to normally be working from home and go into the office for specific meetings where it made sense than to have the reverse expectation where the normal is the office and you work from home every once in a while. But, you know, different companies are deciding different ways on that. I got to admit that I definitely just like the flex. I like flexibility. Mm. Well, yeah. Flexibility above all, like that gives you the best of both worlds if you can basically do whatever makes sense at the moment and change it at will and blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And and in your your situation also, like this does not apply to me. Your job involves travel and you love the travel. At least you used to. I don't know. And you probably miss it. No, I love the travel. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I I do miss the travel. I love the travel. And, uh, you know, it it does. The one thing about the travel sometimes and what happens is also, you know, it it makes it a little bit more difficult at at home with with a child right now. But say if my child were were an adult, I'm like, fuck that. I don't give a shit. I'm like, it's fine. I'm more, you know, I I more worry about just, you know, uh, I mean, I'll call my wife. It's fine. She, you know, (laughs) see her when I get back. I mean, she'll be fine. Okay. Okay. But, you know. Babe, kids grow up so fast. Oh, God, Manu's getting so big. Yeah. Okay, and with that, we are done, done. The usual last couple things. If you have friends who you think might like the show, please tell them about it. Please encourage them to listen and give it a try. And, uh, hey, everybody, have a good week. Stay safe. Uh, you know, have, have an excellent time. And we will talk to you again uh, next week. We're out of here. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Later, Yvonne. Bye. Bye.